Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, presented by Jostens, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager. My co-host and co-pilot, Greg McMichael, is still wrapping up some things after a very successful two weeks of Braves Fantasy Camp down at Cool Today Park in Northport, Florida. So he, uh, he will be back with us soon. But in the meantime, you've still got your old pal Ricky here with you, so fear not. Uh, One thing we've done before on Behind the Braves, and I want to start doing a little bit more of, is getting you guys a little bit more behind-the-scenes look at some of the folks here in this building at Truist Park that help make the organization and the company and the Braves uh, what it is. And for you to hear their stories of how they got into baseball, how they started working in baseball, what their job entails, advice they might have. And I thought that there's a perfect candidate for that, and his name is Alan Hearn. Now, Alan is one of the favorites of everyone around the office here. Very funny, uh, just a great talker, and he's a lifelong Braves guy, fan and employee. He's been with the Braves since 1997. He's vice president of event operations and procurement. You'll get to hear a little bit more about what that entails and what his job is and how he got here. And so... Let's get right into it, shall we? Here he is, Alan Hearn. Well, Alan, thanks so much for joining me here on Behind the Braves. It's a pleasure to have you. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. So I thought for once, why don't we put it on record? Family-friendly version on record. Um, Thrilled to be here. Well, it's it's great to have you. I know you've been a long-time Brave. You've been with the Braves for, for a while now, and I've gotten to hear a little bit of stories from you over the years. But before we get into the stories, just your Vice President, Event Operations and Procurement. So... For those who don't know what all that entails, what is what is a day in the life of Alan Hearn, VP of Event Ops and Procurement? What what sorts of things does that entail? So I have a team that supports the operational aspects of all events here at Truist Park on a 365 basis, baseball included. Obviously, that's our core business. Um, however, at this ballpark, uh, which is different from um, Turner Field, we have events, multiple events, many times happening literally on a daily basis throughout the week, weekend, external events, client events, you name it. Uh, That's what this ballpark was built for, and uh, we are certainly realizing that these days. So we just serve as a hub of communication to all all of our other operational partners, security, Delaware North, guest services, 
uh, engineering, uh, making sure everybody's on the same page, has the uh, correct details and communication of what's going on here on a on a daily basis. And that's why we were created. I know when we have like in the summer, when we have big concerts here when the Braves are on the road. Like who we have last summer, Lady Gaga, I think Def Leppard, Motley Crue, and Poison were here. Zach Brown. Zach Brown. I would see you got you and your staff through in the office throughout the week. And I'm not exaggerating when I say you guys literally live here for for a time of for for that time when when those concerts are happening and being set up and broken down. Is that correct? All true. Uh, Concerts fall right into our bucket for the past two years. I have served as the main Braves contact with Live Nation, who puts on the concerts. So we as a team are here the minute they start loading in until two days after they load out to turn the ballpark back over for a baseball team because you squeeze these concerts in during the season, obviously, when the team goes out of town but it takes all that time to get a a stadium show in flooring down a stage built virtually 90 percent of the field level transformed into back of house spaces broadcast compound transformed into a boneyard for equipment uh trucks so it's it's quite a scene so let's back up beginning your career then how did you Two-part question. How did you land with the Braves? And how did you end up in that field of, of like event ops? I mean, how did, how did that career path go for you at the beginning? So in November of 1997, the ballpark had been open one season. I attended the first game opening day at Turner Field as a fan. And at that time, uh, being at that game and just being an avid baseball fan, I, I the thought didn't even cross my mind that first season. I had graduated from Mercer University in Macon, Georgia with a business degree. Thought that would be uh, something versatile that would take me uh, down some good avenues post-college. Uh, as I had mentioned, I'm a Metro Atlanta native, have always been a huge Braves fan. Uh, baseball is all, had always been a big part of my life. How did I get the job at the Braves? A family friend had given me somebody's name. I, I, did, I had made a call and get, simply gave me, made me a number back then, not even an email. Mm-hmm. People had email back then, but uh, it, was, it was a direct line to somebody. I made a call, no call back, made another call. No call back. On the third call, this gentleman picked up the phone. I introduced myself, referenced the connection, which he, he certainly knew and had worked with. And this this guy simply told me the truth, said the marketing department isn't really taking on any full-time jobs at this time. However, the ticket office may be hiring for customer service reps at this time of year and put me in touch with that department. I made a call, talked with an individual who I just saw at a game last season, uh, Rick Scholl. It was so great to see him. And I sent my information into him like I'm sure a ton of other candidates did at that time of year. December 97, I got a call back for an interview in January of 98. Attended the interview. I remember this clearly about 
right where I parked in the green lot, <laughs> getting out of my vehicle, going into that lobby, telling the security guard my name and that I was here for an interview and sitting in one of those colorful uh, chairs that we had at uh, in the 755 lobby at Turner Field. Had a really good interview. Uh, this was the type of job, even as a 23-year-old guy recently out of college, I don't recall being that nervous. I had had a couple of other interviews prior for other types of work in other industries, and I certainly had a, a some sort of level of anxiety going into those. But here I am walking in. They called me back, number one. Right. I'm walking into Turner Field, where I had just enjoyed several baseball games uh, that previous inaugural season. And I was just happy to be there. Right. And that really helped my my psyche. Uh, had an interview with the guy I mentioned, Rick Shola. I, I felt like it went great. I just kind of spoke from the heart, told him I would work hard when those uh, what are your best qualities and attributes came up. And he detailed a little bit about the job, which wasn't a full-time position, by the way. It, it would be very similar back then to what our trainee program is now. There really wasn't a trainee program to speak of back then, but it was the same kind of classification. It dealt with tickets. It funneled up right into the ticket sales department, still run to this day by Paul Adams. And, and I also went through a series of interviews with him as well. Got the job. I could not have been happier truthfully at that time in my life back then. I didn't care what it paid. All I knew was it was an opportunity to work for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, that was about all I wanted to hear. I got in that department, worked hard. Was my, my cube was in the ticket office at Turner Field. I started to learn a lot really quickly. In several months, I learned my way around the entire ballpark on all levels. That would obviously be uh, an important trait uh, of mine in, in all the years uh, following that. Had a blast. And there was a little bit of turnover that year with the full-timers in ticket sales. Now, keep in mind, or this is how I, I would size it up, uh, you, you know, that was just in the midst of 14 straight when I started. So you had usually year in, year out, on paper, the best team in baseball, uh, unquestioned. Now, that didn't always uh, turn out to be a World Series championship. However, uh, entering every season, that certainly was the mindset. We had the horses. And I think at that point in time, uh, some folks in an area like that were just thinking, gosh, I I'm having a great time at the Braves. Maybe it's time to explore another opportunity. Uh, that led to a little bit of turnover. So July of that summer, 1998, I was offered a full-time position. So again, the theme continues. I'm ecstatic about that. Still, still in, was this full-time position still in ticketing? Still area? in, still in tickets. Okay. Back then, it was called a marketing representative. Okay. Uh, tickets funneled up under the marketing umbrella, but the basis of the job was selling season tickets, group tickets, uh, suites. We, we kind of did it all back then. It certainly has come a long way in its 
structure. And I did that for, well, l- l- let me l- let me talk about an important point. The following year, 1999, we went to the World Series. And I, I often tell this short story. When we, I uh, believe it was Gerald Williams, I think it was uh, a walk that pushed him across the plate to propel us into the World Series, a, a bases loaded walk. And when he crossed, I hope I have that right. When he crossed the plate, I looked at a, a another co-worker of mine in that apartment. The first words out of my mouth, and he agreed, wasn't, uh, we're going to the World Series. We just knew we qualified for a, a ring at the, right. ver- a very, right. at the very least, a national championship ring. And that was certainly thought of as a treasure. And I think the next thing out of his mouth was, we're going to the World Series. And that we did. Got to get on a chartered flight as a member of the front office. Is still a very young guy in the organization. Fly up to New York. Now, we got swept in that World Series clean sweet <laughs> right. uh the memories will never leave me even being on the losing end at yankee stadium the losing end of a chad curtis game-winning home run but i had never in my life until that moment uh, and i felt it a couple of times since then felt a building shake i had heard the stories well the stadium was shaking the ballpark was shaking i had never felt that until that moment in yankee stadium when chad curtis hit that game winning home run against my team and who i worked for but in some weird dynamic way i just knew i'm just like we just lost the game in heartbreaking fashion but i am sitting right here witnessing and feeling what is going on right now and it was pretty unbelievable i can tell you that that was there's so many things i'm going to look back at on the 2021 run that are just memories that are i'm going to carry with me forever that i can I can tap into that feeling and instantly I'm in my head. I'm right back in that moment. And not that it was that long ago, but it's just, it impacted me in such a way that I know it's always going to be with me being on that team playing, just thinking, just sitting there, just thinking going to the world series. Like I sit here, I just, I, I try to write dumb tweets for a living and somehow that has gotten me to where I'm sitting on a plane going to the world series. And I had that feeling the whole way through, but when before game one walking on the field for a media day and then going down there during BP before game one, it just, obviously I wanted us to win, but I remember thinking like, whatever happens with this, how freaking cool is this that we're here and that these people that I work with, that I also call my friends, like we're here and we're all in this together and the Braves being the great organization it is, like our spouses and significant others are get to, get to be there and take part in this. It's something, you know, I, I this was my first one, and I hope it's not – I hope 21 was not my last one, but you went 99, young guy out of school. Braves are in the midst of we're the best team on paper every year. you got to be thinking, oh, we'll be back. Uh, next year we'll be back here. That is uh, a timely statement that you, <laughs> okay. that you just came out with because – I did think that exact thought coming off of that World Series, we got swept. However, I thought to myself, how many more of these am I going to get to experience with the kind of baseball team and organization that we have? We, I mentioned the National League Championship ring that I did get, very proud of. 
that was the last I, I had that thought. You just brought that up. That was the last one we got until 2021. They're hard. Yeah. It is just plain hard to win a championship. It's hard to even get there. It's hard to get there. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I, I was just thinking about this last night about how I wouldn't trade that 21 run for anything. But I was kind of thinking about how at the end of it, after it was all done, at some point I went I went home my apartment and, and like because we kind of day after the world series i mean we're still still working hard and all that but at some point that evening i think i went home and i sat down and i just thought oh my god i am completely completely drained wasn't that a lot of hard work it was a lot of hard work it was great and this is not even a first world problem it's just uh, i again i I loved every second of it. But for all of us here, and this is I'm bringing this into a broader thing for all of us that work here in the office, we love what we do, but it, it is still it's it's hard work. And Absol- we're happy to put absolutely. it in. Absolutely. You know, and if you think about the <laughs> the obvious timing of a championship run, we had a successful season on the field. We have a lot of hard work to do on a daily basis to do what we do. Then it crescendos with a championship run and you get by your rounds and everything just escalates a little bit more every time. So, yes, the feeling that you just described and know is shared by the entire front office. So incredibly grateful for a World Series championship, but man, that was a lot of hard work. Yeah, it was a lot. But but I but I think we would do it year in and year every out year. every single year. What was the experience like for you making that run as twenty four year old out of college compared to now married man with kids and your VP now much higher on the chain? How did those two compare? Different. There was certainly a high level of natural excitement in 1999. So, so one difference would be you expected that every single year during that period of years. So I guess expectations were being met. And then just not having any exposure to something like that, or at least certainly working for the team, everything's new and exciting and i guess yes another difference would be where i was in my life young single guy uh just thinking well what 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 else goes along with this well talk to me about okay so it looks like we're gonna have a lot of parties here (laughs) right uh (laughs) following the games is this how how it goes in in new york and and it was to a certain extent then you have all those years go by And we end up where we are in 2021, so I have a different perspective, a whole different appreciation for the time that had elapsed between the two. Yes, I'm at a different point in my career. It's easy to reflect at at all the blood, sweat, and tears that that go on on a yearly basis, And, and my family my family being at those home games throughout the playoffs, and we had such an incredible playoff record, keep me honest, I think Game 5 of the World Series was the one loss. It was incredible. My two young daughters, just in course, we would switch off. My wife would have one daughter one game and the other daughter the next, and it was just win, 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 and, and looking at the smiles on, on their faces, because even at their young age, 
age 10 and 11 at the time, maybe 9 and 10, they got it. They got that excitement. They were, they were just like, we got a good baseball team to root for, and Dad works for them, and this is fun. That's pretty d- d- different. I love the yeah. question. D- definitely different takes on both. Getting to share it with with those you love the most. That's that's pretty. You can't put a price on that. It was awesome. So what? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What are, I mean, we've talked about the playoffs. What are some of your favorite memories on this job? And it can be team on the field. It can be behind the scenes, whatever. When I ask, what are some of the favorite things that have happened to you or that you've experienced on this job? What, What are some of the things that come to mind? Sometimes those questions can be difficult, at least personally speaking. Somebody will ask a question similar to that, and I'll just think, I just don't have the answer right this second. And if I was asked that question in the earlier years of my career, I don't know if I would have had an immediate answer, but the answer came. The most special moment I've had is the last game at Turner Field Hmm. for a couple of different reasons. I had started the second year, the ball, the, the paint was still fresh. I started the second year of that ballpark's life in baseball. And least. you went there as a at fan of the, the opening. Went, yeah. Went there as a fan. And I just, if our careers here are a storybook, a lot of my storybook had taken place at Turner Field. And at the time, I worked for our friend Scott Cunningham across the way here. In, in the office and did for many years. So I, I, as a part of my job, I took an active part in the programming and execution of the pregame ceremonies, postgame ceremonies. And I'm glad the answer came. I'm glad you asked the question. And it, and it feels nice when I do get that question from other people now that that moment stood out so much to me. I, w- I was able, very busy, certainly a busy day doing what we do here, but I w- there were a couple of moments I was able to lean back and just look around at that packed house and just think about my career up to that point and thinking we're, we're closing this place down. That was very special. Yeah, that was a very special day. That was early on in my time here. But as a, like you, a lifelong Braves fan, long, I mean, gosh, literally two decades before I actually started working for the Braves, to be there that day was pretty special. And it, I actually went up to the very top of the upper deck behind home plate after the game that night. There was some staff on the field just kind of hanging out, having some drinks. Everybody was gone. And I kind of just sat there and just took it all in for a minute and looked around and was grateful to have been there, much like I'm grateful to be here at this place because I absolutely love this place. Not only work here, I've lived here for five years mm-hmm. in the battery, so um, love both. What? Uh, actually, let's back up for a second. How did you end up going from the ticketing side of things yeah. into where kind of the, the side of things that you're in now? Yep. So I uh, worked in ticket sales through the 2000 season. We hosted an all-star game in, in 2000. 
that was certainly a, a thrill. F- following that season, I, I think it was at that point my mind had really opened up to t- two things. I, I had only been here three seasons, having the time of my life, gaining just tons of experience. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I want to do something else in general or even better. Maybe I want to do something else within the Braves organization. And I got that very opportunity following that season. A couple of colleagues left two positions in the marketing department. One of them is is still with MLB.com, left for a position with MLB.com back then. So I put my name in the hat for that. The gentleman that was hiring for that position had noticed when we, and we just came off a Braves Fest here, used to be called Fan Fest back in that day, had noticed for the past couple of years that I was a guy in a department that was focused on tickets. But then when we would have those uh, all hands on deck events, I was always there a little bit early or certainly after the event, just helping get the operational assets down that you have to put up and and make the logistics work. Why I did that exactly, I I guess I just felt like it was the right thing to do and and certainly didn't have a family to go home to back then. I had the time, so I I didn't didn't mind just hanging out as much as I could. He he noticed that and I got hired for for a position Back, back then. It was called promotions assistant. And what I didn't know right off the bat, certainly, was that was the move that I made that really started the foundation of what I still do and oversee to this very day. It was a position that, by default, served as an operational arm of the marketing department. Uh, We certainly didn't host as as nearly as many events, didn't have the facility to do so or the the spaces back then just didn't didn't happen. But there were still plenty of things that needed to be set up, worked out other than a baseball game. And when those kinds of things would come along in this position that I was hired in, I certainly was picked to do and lead the charge on on such things. So that kind of hard work started at that point and ended up a couple of years after that managing a, a seasonal staff, game day staff. And at that time, I thought, you know, sometimes when opportunities hit you in the face, you don't know how you feel about them. Right? And I thought to myself, I'd really only been in charge of myself up, a, up, <laughs> up to that point. Right. And that suited Alan Hearn back then. And uh, here, here I am presented of, hey, now you got to manage a, a, about 100 people. And I thought to myself, oh, I certainly said yes. But uh, after I said yes, I thought to myself, gosh, gosh, uh, is this what I want to do? But an opportunity like that, certainly through trial and error and sheer uh, hands-on experience, gave me the ability to lead a group of people. And certainly at, at, at this point in my life, I, I look back at that moment on the timeline and think, thank goodness that was uh, it's a series of, of moments on a timeline that build that foundation to uh, help propel people to to, to, to where they are. 
and did similar things for for a number of years. There there were some some changes around me. I referenced Scott Cunningham earlier. He came on board the year after Derek and Mike and Derek Schiller placed myself and another gentleman under Scott. Here's another opportunity where I'm thinking, okay, does this make all the sense in the world? Here I am, the uh, uh, Scott's heavy into production. I've never done any anything in that realm. How do how do I fit in this puzzle? But we did. Right. Uh, so we were able to serve as an operational arm for Scott's program, and and by doing so, he, he was certainly able. I like to think to to. Uh, elevate and do more for what he was charged with to do. And I really finished my career at, at, at Turner Field out in that capacity. Then we moved to a new ballpark. How exciting is that? Not only that, the ballpark happened to be at the time, the new ballpark was going to be 2.6 miles away from where I lived. So I, I do get the question a lot, and, and why wouldn't I, especially shortly after we we opened this place up or, or we were building the ballpark even. People are like, oh, you live in Smyrna. I tell them I live in Smyrna, and they should say, oh, you, you relocated because of the Braves. I said, you know, I didn't. <laughs> in my particular dumb luck case – the team moved out right down the street from where I was living, but uh, that was awesome. I, I, I it yeah. took me forever to wrap my head around that. I'm gonna have to get some some local housing market advice and tips from you because I have lived here in the Battery since May of 2017, so about a month after the ballpark opened. I was literally the first resident in what is now called Cortland First Base. So for fans, if you don't know what that is, but you've been here. It's the building where burned by Rocky Patel, baseballism, the escape game now, the final out retail store. I lived uh, in the third floor of that building. I was the first person to live in that building. I moved in the day that they got their occupancy. Never permit. knew that. And it was eerie the first night there. Well, not eerie. It was kind of cool, actually. I was the only car in the parking garage. I mean, that was it. There was nobody else in there but me. And, of course, that quickly changed. It was people came and filled the building up rather quickly. And then I got engaged, moved in with my fiance. So we moved into a two-bedroom and second base. So I like to tell people my commute doubled. It was it was a two-and-a-half-minute walk, and now it's a good solid five. I feel sorry now, for you. As you should. But now, so we're going to get married here in a couple months, and then after that, we'll, we'll buy a house. So I'm going to – I. I I've had the easiest commute in, a, in the city of Atlanta for five years now, so I, I'm determined to stay as close you, as I you can. Sh you should. Smyrna's a great city to live in, and yeah, uh, that's how you mitigate messing that wonderful walking commute that you've enjoyed is you just get a house in, in Smyrna. There you go. And, okay. and uh, it's the drive is easy uh, that's what i like to hear music to my ears so what what is there is there a favorite part of your job like what what do you look forward to the most i have really enjoyed as hard as they are and and i just throw the word hard out it's just hard work doesn't necessarily mean bad <clears throat> no right right uh, th there's certainly a lot of pride with hard work and a lot of value in hard work. I mentioned concerts. I threw the word hard work out at, at those, and they are mentally and physically. I have really enjoyed another opportunity on the timeline that I, I 
could have never imagined myself being involved in. We had a few at Turner Field. Uh, didn't have anything to do. It wasn't around for concerts. When this ballpark opened, we we had a few not involved. And, and uh, you don't know what you don't know. So at the time, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, thank goodness I, I don't I don't have a hand in those. <laughs> well, I got a hand in them. All right. <laughs> I have really enjoyed learning just about how those things work from start to finish. It 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 still never ceases to amaze me once we we get Live Nation out of the ballpark and where we've done our jobs and, and the ballpark is ready for baseball. Looks like there hasn't been a concert except with a couple of lines in the outfield uh, <laughs> where, where that big heavy stage sat. But just all it takes to put on a, a stadium show fascinates me. Yeah. That has really stood out, uh, and and certainly I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity along the same lines. And to further my answer to that question, all all of the events that we my my team executes, especially some of the bigger ones, we we had a few very big holiday parties in in December. We had uh, PWC here for the final one last month and i think that was 1100 attendees in in the delta club they had their own fireworks show but similar to what i i i said about concerts just what it takes to kind of from start to finish to put put on that kind of a an, an event so really really enjoy being involved in those types of things i will always love the baseball side of it right i i I, I wouldn't not mention that. It's just a dynamic of of my job and our ever-changing business here to, to be able to host great experiences that don't necessarily have anything to do with a with a baseball game. That's what I'm really enjoying. Well, there's a huge event. I mean, this is massive. Coming up St. Patrick's Day in the Chop House. My rehearsal dinner is going to be in that's there. The, that's that's as big as they get. Yeah. So I don't know what all prep you and your team are going to have to do for that. I mean, well, let's see. There's a few tables, and then I got to figure out how to plug in uh, my music playlist. And I think that's it. So uh, we'll we'll be prepping for days. I'll put some meetings on the your, books for us to get ready for this thing. For yeah, we'll, let, we'll yeah. have a pre. We'll have our own pre-con <laughs> meeting. We'll hash out all the details. Good. Okay. And and I, I just hope that we're privy to the run of show. Yeah. Oh yeah. For the dinner, I can run it through you. Yeah, I can run it run it ball by you. Um, Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one of a kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What are some of the funniest things that have happened to you over the years or funny stories that we can tell on here that won't get us both fired? Yeah, no, uh, my folks could end up hearing this. I would never uh, (laughs) go down an avenue that would raise any question marks. Just a ton of funny moments. We laugh every day at something. So I I don't know if you've seen the clip uh, and now his name is escaping me stud for the Marlins 
Start started out with the Marlins, pitched for a couple of other different teams. Just one of their superb starters unleash in a warm up pitch that broke a window. <laughs> okay. Of a of a pregame vehicle that was going down home plate. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of making the lap around. Make, the it, making track. the lap around, and and he obviously knew about it and intentionally let go a warm-up pitch that that went right through the passenger side window aj burnett aj burnett just pulled it for thank you you. yep you're welcome that happened at turner field a little bit different it wasn't a major league pitcher on the mound but it was the first pitch contestant and that particular year, a DHL, DHL sponsored the first pitch. So the DHL truck would come through the right field tunnel, stop in front of the Braves dugout, let a contestant out of the passenger seat contestant, whomever was throwing out the first pitch. Uh, that person would walk to the mound and the DHL truck would continue on its way. <laughs> and lo and behold, the first pitch contestant uncorked one that whomever player or coach was saddled with catching the first pitch couldn't get to it but was sailed over over their head and right as that dhl van passed the plate that ball hit not a window but even better (laughs) for the sound aspect of it popped that truck on the side and and just you could the whole ballpark could hear (laughs) bam (laughs) and when, when you when you i i know that if i was a fan sitting in the seats with my sense of humor that I would have really enjoyed that. Sure. Number one, <laughs> but being an employee and just knowing what it takes, you, <laughs> you're, you're one, one of your main goals. If, if you're doing anything with pre game programming or, or helping execute it is not to mess up, or maybe I should just say, Maybe there are some miscues, but the fans would never notice. And just, I mean, everybody noticed something like that. (laughs) That was kind of out out of your control. If if you've got another human being that's going to let one fly, and many of them do, that's one thing. But to to time that van crossing and make that kind of noise... Uh, you really appreciate that. I I, I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> especially if it yeah. just echoed and reverberated throughout the whole ballpark, and everybody just just hears it, just that that that, that dent or that, that ding, whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah, it 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 was it was really loud. Funniest moment. Funniest. That is a tough question. It is so hard because I think this a lot, especially. Here in the office with our marketing team, the group we have, we laugh a lot. My crew here, the social media team, we we laugh. We just had our weekly meeting in, in my office here an hour ago, and we spent the last 20 minutes of it. We got through everything we need to get through and spent the last 20 just laughing about yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then game days here, and I work in the press box. That's just some of the hardest laughs I've ever had yeah. up there, just messing with, with each other and that kind of thing. So, And all with the... It's just kind of beautiful in a way because all with the backdrop of a Major League Baseball game right. happening that we're all still paying attention right. to and working, but having fun with. It it's it's more of the 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 smaller, funny, subtle uh, <laughs> moments is is how I'm trying to to answer that that happened and 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 then I'll go back to I, I referenced the 
the wild pitch DHL truck. You know, sometimes, and you don't laugh at these until after the fact, because you have to. Some, for some big game, uh, big celebration we we had we were honoring hank for something i hope i'm getting this right and i i know that there were like 755 numbers handed out on big coroplast pieces oh yeah it was for the each of the i remember i was still a fan at the time i wasn't working yet but i remember seeing that and it was honoring like each of the 755 home runs yes. and maybe it was i want to say maybe it was 30th 40th maybe 40th anniversary of sound him sounds right break, something like that sounds and right. i remember there were because some of those i've seen some of those numbers like i don't know if the foundation auctioned some off and sold some and then they did i think i've still seen one or two in, in offices around here that people acquired probably you know probably from the foundation so i i know what you're talking about yeah that's a lot of numbers, yeah. and uh, we, <laughs> 755 of them, in fact, <laughs> seven five five. Yeah, and we anybody working on that field trying to get through that execution was certainly charged. It's all about timing when you're doing pregame, right? You're you're fighting a, a first pitch, a TV start time, and 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 we just had massive amounts of people on the field. Our season ticket holders, I think they were called a listers then. I'm, I I don't recall. Season ticket holders were many of them were tapped to help us out, and a bunch uh, a, a bunch of us were were giving the the ground rules out. Right, hold your number, up. <laughs> hold your number up. This is this is uh, all on camera. Don't go here. Stay here. Remember, you know, hundreds of people. So we get into the to the meat of the ceremony, and I wouldn't want to do it for that long. Because I had my hands on them, they were kind of weighty. But uh, people just wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't hold those those big numbers up, and people were leaning them down. Some were upside down, and and we were just scrambling around, just to, you know, trying. I, I, Seven hundred. Yeah, so many people just like you, 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 sir. Hold, please hold the number up. But there were ten people behind them doing the same thing. And, it's like a giant game of whack a mole or something. You get one, yeah. you get stood back up and right side up, that's, and then you look over and there's another one's falling. That's upside a, down. that's exactly what it. It was and uh i think one of my co-workers was and this this got on on film of course he uh we we had finished the ceremony and then when, when you're doing anything and you clear the field right right for lack of a better phrase and again it's all it's all about time you got to do that stuff really quickly and that was a lot of people so the the people were they were supposed to hold on to their numbers and 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 exit the field. Some just laid them down. So that 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 was an extra thing we had to do. One of my coworkers was uh, on film, was out there just trying to gather as many as he could. He could. They were heavy. He was struggling. He he, he dropped a bunch of, again. Pro I don't know if I la I might have laughed at the time, as I'm sure I I was doing my best. Sometimes to help. at some point you just have to laugh. You, you have to. I mean, it just things things happen, and you just I mean, it, yeah. you know, you just got to laugh at yeah. it. it. My very first I've told this story on this podcast before, and it took me two years from the time it happened to be able to laugh about it at all, and then another. Let's see. I remember I told this story with Mark Owens right after the World Series on this podcast. So all said, all told, it took me about six years to be finally comfortable enough to tell this story publicly. And it's not really the story, but my very first day working with Brave Social Media, I mean, very first day. This was early in the 2015 season. We were rebuilding at the beginning of it. And I, I fired off a tweet about a, a starting pitcher 
was through, I don't know, two or three innings, and I thought I was being clever and compared him to or used a Limp biscuit reference, and it, it did not go well on Twitter. It got roasted. It, it got destroyed, ratioed, as we say. And I was so embarrassed that it, it took me, and I got made fun of playfully by people I work with, and I took it all in stride, but it really took me a couple of years before I was even really comfortable with it. And now I can look back at it and like if somebody sends it to me or tags me or something and I'm like, I actually laugh at it now because it's like it was so long ago. I don't even know. I've just I've got a lot more experience since then. But at some time, at some point, you just things go work wrong at work. And at some point, you just got to just throw your hands up and just laugh. It you, just becomes you, funny. You do, because I, I think that this well, this definitely rings true for you, me and most everybody here where we're, we're put in those it's part of our job we're put in those situations so often i, I guess it's you know like being a, a a baseball player in the sense that you can go up there and have a really bad at bad yeah but that that doesn't mean it's over because we we got to go up and, and have another at bad so yeah. i think that's how how we are able to and i've, I've been there yeah. i have been there many times think, thinking i was the last person in the world on on something that a mistake i made uh, or or something but it's just all about per- perspective that is true that's a great i like what you pointed out there it's kind of uh if you want to compare it to what's happening on the field it's part of what makes one of the many things that makes our job great even if you have not your best day or something things go wrong you're always one day away from the next game and having the best damn day of your career right you just never know in this job working and not even i say this job meaning both of us we both we're doing very different parts or serving very different parts of the business here but it's still connected in that we're Every day, it's another it's another day, another game, 162, all that stuff. And you have another chance to go out there and do it again and have the best day. That's right. Okay. Well, you've been so kind to come in and spend all this time with me. I got one more question. Uh, and this is one I know I've gotten, especially now that I've worked in baseball for a little while, which I sometimes, I was just thinking the other day, this is going to be my ninth season working here with the Braves. And wow. I'm like, I feel like I just moved to Atlanta. Right. In 2015, preparing to fire off the the worst Limp Biscuit tweet of all time, like, but it is, it goes by quickly. But now that I've been around a little bit, I get the question of what would what would your advice be to somebody looking to get into sports or work in sports or baseball and that sort of thing? So, you, what would your advice be to somebody? Especially, I always think of it in terms of somebody that was like you coming out of fresh out of school, just or in some cases, not not even out of school, just just trying to young person trying to break in. They want to work in sports. They really want to work in baseball. I mean, what what's your advice to that person? Awesome question. And for a a split second, I was just like, oh, I've, I've I've got. I've got the only answer that I'm going to answer with. <laughs> and then something else crossed my mind. Yeah. Because it's so apparent to me. So I'll start off with this. If you have the opportunity during your college years, try to work for a team part time. Yeah. Okay. I I have just over my career, I have just watched that. It, I'll, spe- I'll speak on organization because that, that's where I work. I have just watched that kind of program grow and grow and grow. 
and and it and it was not that way when I started. That part-time experience just jumps out, I think, with, may I be so bold to say, most jobs in this office, somebody, we're going to look to look at somebody's resume, a young person's resume, and then there it is. Wait a minute, what did you, oh, so you've worked here on the guest services staff? It just jumps out. Uh, work with a minor league team, work with another sports organization. Yep. It, it all seems to translate across the board, as we know. So that that wasn't my first answer, but I feel really good about that answer. My other answer to your question is something I've been fortunate enough to tell young people and been able to observe, because this isn't easy. This isn't easy during your college years. It's not easy post-college is forcing yourself to send that email, make that call or run into somebody and have that conversation. Not something that I personally considered a strength at that point in in my life, but I tell the ones that do it, I I call them out for it, literally face-to-face, if we're having a face-to-face or or on the phone, I say you'd be very surprised how few people your age looking for jobs do that. Mm -hmm. So that is very impressive. And it just it gives gives the person on the other end, me or another person here, that immediate impression of, gosh, they they really want to do this. They've put some thought into this. They're taking it seriously and they're not afraid to talk to somebody on the other side that can give them advice and and, and they're learning. Right. Whether something works out for them or not, I feel very strongly about that. It's something that's kind of come together with me over a period of years. I'm just like, here, here's this small group of people. So, so many, it's easy for, for somebody just to not, not take that opportunity in or, or maybe even have the mindset of, I'll get another opportunity. I'm a little bit anxious about touching base with somebody or having a conversation, but I know I'll get another opportunity. Sometimes, you might not get that up, but a similar opportunity again. Right. I think about my path to where I'm at now a lot and how I got here and where I thought I was going to go and where I at points intended to go and how much happier I am that I ended up where I'm at, that it, it worked out the best it could have possibly for me. But to your first point, I had multiple part-time jobs with MLB in various stints along the way. It wasn't even a part-time gig with the Braves. It was a temporary two-week gig where I had done a few things on social media that had gotten me a little bit noticed. So actually, to bring up Scott Cunningham again, Scott actually brought me down and I tried out for one job that I that we found out pretty quickly I would have been horrible at. But another part of it that I was okay with was doing some social media stuff. So I stayed for two weeks and did before we weren't doing Fan Fest and we were doing the, the caravan that would travel, you know, to various places. And so I got to do that for a couple of weeks. All the while, we're also working a very part time job doing writing for Tops, the baseball car company. And then also, you know, getting paid a little bit of money to demo a tear out all the drywall in my aunt's house because she needed somebody to do it and I could do it on the cheap. And I had part-time jobs, but also had the time and needed to pay the bill. So doing all those different things while still trying to trying to get here. But then all that, which leads me to my other thing, I think my first piece of advice is always, it's extremely simple and sounds too easy, I guess almost. But I would say the number one thing is be nice to people. 
Be, be respectful to people. Be nice to people. Because if you have the talent or the skill set or the drive or whatever it is that's necessary to get here to where you want to get, all of that's going to, none of that matters if your first impression or their impression of you is negative. 100%. When I went on that caravan for those two weeks, my last day on that caravan also happened to be the first day of somebody who was going to be a Braves trainee that year. And I jokingly, she introduced herself and I, 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 you know, she was introducing herself to everybody. This is her first day and she's getting on the bus. And I said, oh, she came up to me and she said her, said her name and all of that. And I said, oh, I'm Ricky. But and it was my last day. I was heading back home to Virginia after this. I said, oh, I'm Ricky, but don't don't worry about me. I'm nobody. You don't need to know me. Like just kidding around, you know, that kind of thing. I, I don't remember even saying that. But I did it in a very friendly, joking way, and we were, you know, I got to know her a little bit that day. Uh, she, I still don't remember that me saying that, but she told me that story a couple years later after she had hired me to come work for her and the Braves in Major League Baseball. Uh, but just that one day, because of that, we had a good rapport and we kind of kept up with each other. And then a couple years down the road, an opportunity came up and she reached out out of the blue and said, if you're interested, I think you'd be perfect for this. We'd love to have you. And here I am. And all it really, I'd done all these other things, just put myself out there, tried, sent out letters, done all this other stuff. But the thing that really, at the end of the day, mattered was I was nice. She remembered me. And because of that, she saw that I had some talent and skills. It's everything. It is. It is. Just be a nice person. So it's not that I hard. love it. Yeah. Well, Alan, thank you so much for, I'm glad that you're, you don't live too far away. I feel bad that you came all the way into the office. You just had a busy weekend with Braze Fest and all of that. And I drug you in here on a, on a, what should have been there, a day There off. is nothing that I would rather be doing than talking to you right now. Okay. Well, good. Well, thanks so much, Alan. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Our thanks again to Alan Hearn for joining us here on Behind the Braves, presented by Jostens. Well, you heard at the, the beginning of the interview there, Alan and I talking about our runs as employees to, in Alan's case, the NLCS and World Series in 1999 and getting an NLCS ring out of that. And then our run in 2021 to the World Series and both of us being able to receive World Series rings as employees of the team, which we both very, very much cherish. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to work for the team to have yourself a Jostens ring or a piece of the 2021 World Series championship collection you can head over to jostens.com slash braves and whatever you're looking for if you want something for your wife your mom your dad your brother whoever you can shop the official world series champions fan collection over at jostens.com slash braves you can buy greg mcmichael and i's beloved paperweight that we love so much and have talked so much about you can get a replica of the ring itself you can get jewelry inspired by the ring whatever you want they've got it over there at jostens.com slash braves we very much appreciate jostens being our partner here on behind the braves and we thank them for their support 